Podcast Movies Edition, presented by Phil Hinton. Hello and welcome to January's Movies Podcast. Coming up, we look at the latest Blu-ray news, and we also look back at the best films and discs of 2009. And joining us for the Movies Podcast this month, uh, we have Chris, Jer, Alan and Simon. Hi guys. Hello. 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 Uh, but we're going to start with the invention of lying. Uh, Ricky Gervais' new vehicle. Guys, uh, let's have a, a quick look at this one. Chris, what do you think? <laughs> um, I haven't seen it. I know one person who has and didn't like it. Um, I've got no idea what it's about, so I'm going to have a quick little look at the um, plot synopsis. It takes place in an alternate reality in which lying, even the concept of a lie, does not even exist. Ooh. Everyone from politicians to advertisers to the man, the man and woman on the street speaks the truth and nothing but the truth with no thought of the consequences. So enter this sort of um, world. You've got Mark, played by Ricky Gervais, who develops the sudden ability to lie and finds that dishonesty, dishonesty has its rewards. Hmm. In a world where every word is, is assumed to be the absolute truth, Mark easily lies his way to fame and fortune. Uh, Ricky Gervais, yeah, well, I like Ricky Gervais, and his, you know, attempts to conquer Hollywood so far haven't been particularly brilliant. Uh, and as I say, this film came out, and I really had no interest in it. Um, I know one person saw it and said, it's not very good, he's not very funny, I didn't laugh at all. So it's not something that would immediately spring to my mind as, hey, let's look at that one. No, the, the concept looks, it's a good concept, but it's very similar to something uh, that Jim Carrey did uh, not so long ago. Um, but I haven't seen the trailer for this, it looks fun, but then again, trailers are very good at selling things. Um, I I think Richie, Ricky Gervais is very good in the right sort of vehicle for him, but so far we've had from Hollywood Ghost Town, which is sadly wasted in, he's got an awful lot more to give than that. And this one um, looks like fun, and it looks like it could go places. But my guess is, uh, I would say, let's have a quick look at the transfer of it. And if it's a really good transfer, it means it's a crap movie, you know. I think Cookie Gervais is in real danger of being typecast for the rest of his Hollywood career. Because uh, <laughs> I, I love the trader as well, and it's very similar to his character in Ghost Town. He, or Ghost Town, he just get, uh, gets abuse from everybody, from all the Americans. <laughs> So I don't know. I think I'll be giving that one a miss. Oh, Ricky Gervais' typecast. I love it. It's great. The comedy's brilliant, Joe. I've missed, I've missed <laughs> you. I really have. I'm glad you're here this month. Ricky Gervais plays one character, and that's Ricky Gervais. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, all you can do. Supplements on, on the disc. Uh, more laughter. <laughs> okay. Corpsing out. Corpsing out. Uh, prequel, the, the Dawn of Lying. Meet Carl Pinkerton. What has Carl Pinkerton got to do with it? Don't know. Uh, maybe just another vehicle for Reggie's face. Uh, a truly honest making of feature. A couple of video podcasts at some deleted scenes. So that's coming out uh, January 19th uh, on Region A and Region B is due for release on the 1st of February. Um, so guys, anybody going to pick this one up? No. No. 
Yeah, I'll have a look at that. I'll give them a man a chance. It's, it's their homegrown stuff, so let's let's back the British guy out there. Mm, fair dues, but life's too short. <laughs> I'd rather just watch the office again. <laughs> okay, well, Simon's found his victim for the review sample there. Okay, and uh, moving on, Atonement. Um, let's go to Simon for this one. <laughs> oh, Kira! We were talking about Kira just now, weren't we? What a lovely bit. <laughs> we just, yeah, yeah. it's about as a bit anyway, aren't we? Fantastic yes. actress. Classic actress, yes. Um, again, like Chris, I haven't actually seen this film. Um, coming from Universal Studios um, on the 26th of 20, uh, 2010. This um, price is £28. Uh, a young girl catches her sister in a passionate embrace with her childhood friend and her jealousy drives her to tell a lie that will irrecoverably challenge change the course of their lives forever. Yeah, I've, I've still got the HD DVD of this atonement. We, we watched it once and what can I say about this one, Kira Knightley? She's got no boobs. That is all. <laughs> um, lovely face, though. Yeah. She, does, so, she does. So obviously, this comes from the award-winning director, Pride of Prejudice. Um, Simon, uh, you haven't seen it. Alan, you said you saw this. Uh, yeah. So give us give us a taste, though. Well, we saw it some time ago. It's uh, I've still got the HD DVD. Um, it's one of these movies that won the award for the best score and it was nominated for in various different categories in the 2008 uh, uh, Oscars. Uh, it, it's a story, simply uh, a little girl spots um, something going on between her her uh, older sister and uh, uh, a young man who's employed on their estate because they're obviously quite well-off people. This is set in about 1935, and she then uh, tells a lie and spreads rumours and the poor unfortunate young man has to leave his employ and then we cut to the war and uh, the the older sister who she is assumed to have had an affair with uh, meets him during the war. Um, it carries on, uh, they, 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 they keep seeing each other. Uh, but it's it's one of these films. It's very well shot, uh, very well lit. The photography is fantastic. I think it was nominated for a cinematography award. Um, and at the end of the day, it came to the end of the story, which I'm not going to tell because it'll put people off. Um, at the end of the day, to me, it kind of fell flat. It was a bit cold, and it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't the answer that you were expecting. It wasn't the end of the you were expecting. So, um, to me, it wasn't a satisfying film, but I'm sure there are thousands of people out there who um, uh, will have this as their favourite movie. But the, it's it's a VC1 transfer, and I'm looking at that thinking to myself, well, that's probably just exactly the same as the one that was done for the HD DVD. Um, so, what you got on the on the actual disc, you've got the English DTS HD Master Audio 5.1 surround track. Um, so that should be good. I remember the music being quite nice. Um, but to me, there was nothing really that leapt out for me and said, this film is worthy of a lot of the Oscar nominations. It was a bit of a shame because there was a lot of people who thought it was a great movie. But then again, I thought to myself, it's a British film and maybe they're saying that because they're just delighted to see that somebody's actually made a film in Britain. Mm. Anyway, an- so- Another grand, overly worthy literary adaptation. Um, again, which leaves me completely utterly cold. <laughs> Um, and I like Keira Knightley, by the way, but um, and I like James McAvoy as well. But you know, uh, there's something about this again: period romance, um, a hidden secret, um, a shattering you know, revelation, and all this sort of stuff. Oh dear! It appeals to a certain kind of certain market, obviously, but uh, it's not one that I would look into. Thing. 
and even you know as far as my wife's concerned, it wouldn't even bother picking it up for her either. So no, that's another that's another one I'm going to have to you know take a pass on. Right. Hi. So audio formats: uh, English DTS HD Master Audio 5.1, and then there's a French and Spanish track. Uh, supplements, deleted scenes, feature commentary, uh, bringing the past to life, the making of atonement, and exclusive HD content. Novel to screen, adapting a classic. Anyway. But you still might be able to pick up the HD DVD for £2.99 <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> yeah, basically. She's flat chested right. anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's nothing to see. <laughs> <laughs> no, you wouldn't. I would. You'd be all like, where's the boobs? I absolutely would. <laughs> <laughs> Moving oh, on. Yeah. Moving on, and uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas is coming to Blu-ray on uh, February the 2nd, Region A, and Region B on the 22nd of February, uh, starring Johnny Depp, director Tally Gilliam, um, and I'm going to confess, I haven't seen this. <laughs> and so am I. <laughs> really? You guys haven't seen Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? It's one of the no. best movies ever made. Explain why, then. You got Johnny Depp playing journalist Rail Duke. You know, it's based on the book by Hunter S. Thompson. So you got journalist Rail Duke and his lawyer, Dr. Gonzo, who's Big Del Toro, drive from LA to Las Vegas and they just go mad on drugs, drink, you name it. And they're out um, doing um, uh, covering. He's a Rail, Rail Duke's a journalist and he's covering a motorcycle race through the desert. <clears throat> and basically, things just get. Or rapidly out of control, and uh, there's a lot of actually uh, cameo uh, appearances from um, Christina Ricci and uh, Toby Maguire's in it as well. And you see a few young people along the way. Terry Gilliam lets his mind run free. If you thought 12 Monkeys was kind of surreal, it is nothing compared to this. But like, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's just one of those movies you have to see. Is it a definite Gilliam movie? I mean, it is. See, from the it's synopsis, it doesn't sound like it is, but, you know, oh, he's talking like it's frightening, Gilliam. psychedelic otherworld. Well, that's obviously his niche, but um, it also sounds very contemporary and dramatic and strangely emotional as well. So does it fit in with his usual sort of um, shtick? It's kind of slightly off kilter. It's, it, it's, 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 it is Gilliam, and it's, you know, it, all the hallmarks are there, but it is kind of left field compared to his normal stuff, but I think it's just one of the best films ever. It's so funny as well, Particular Del Toro is absolutely hilarious in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, with Johnny Depp, he removes his hat and he's bald at the start of it as well, and it's just one of the funniest moments in the film. It's shocking, you know. It's Johnny Depp. Uh, he puts on such an amazing performance as well, and he's, you know, obviously at that stage of his career, he was trying to lose the pretty boy tagline, and yeah, it's 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 worth seeing for uh, Del Toro and Depp's performances alone. Like, highly recommend. We'll definitely be picking that up in Blu-ray. Where did I get the subtitles from? Oh. <laughs> Really? <laughs> oh, will I say it again? I can't remember what I said. No! It's fine. I'm just pulling your leg. Right. He's, he's only doing that because we Scots have to put up with that line quite a lot, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Pikey subtitles. Yeah. Do what, Matt didn't understand a word you said. Oh, 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 our, our ethnic friends, eh? Hey, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about, Scouse boy? Yeah. Hey. Hey, listen. <laughs> I'm not even the real Scouser. Okay, so the disc comes with English DTS HD Master Audio 5.1 surround <laughs> and uh, supplements, deleted scenes, spotlight on location, so not a lot of extras on there. And, the, the, uh, the, 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 the Criterion release of this had a huge number of supplements 
And this transfer is coming from Universal, who are pretty much, you're, they're usually pretty good for their transfers. So, but I'd rather see a Criterion Blu-ray release, but again, there are probably issues over copyrights, over the licensing and stuff like that. So I don't know, but the additional supplements look a bit weak on the ground compared to the Criterion DVD release. Does indeed. So let's move on and uh, talking about ethnic groups. The Last King of Scotland, out on February the second, two thousand and ten, on uh, Blu-ray. Region A don't have a Region B release date. Forest Whitaker, James McAvoy, and uh, Kevin McDonald was the director. Yeah, saw it some some time ago this week. Yeah, I saw it some time ago as well, and it was quite a shocking film. <laughs> it's, but it's also it's it's a it's very entertaining as well. Uh, Forest Whitaker is absolutely superb as a um, Ugandan dictator, Idi Amin. And James McAvoy is, uh, well, he, he was man of the moment during this period, wasn't he? He had a few films out, the other one being Atonement, and what else was it, Wanted or something like that. And, uh, it's exceptionally good, but there's one or two shocking little moments in this, which um, I'm not going to spoil right now, which leave a sort of lingering um, and harrowing image in the mind afterwards. It's not a despicably violent film, it isn't like that, but it's just, there's a few elements there. But it's a fake yeah. story. Yeah, it, it's... I think I think the shock comes from the fact that up until a certain point in the movie, Idi Amin or Forrest Whitaker's performances of a charming person, and then suddenly yeah, it changes. Charismatic. Yeah. Most yeah, dictators quite, quite are though. I miss this one, and I also miss Blood Diamond, and I don't know what it is, but the two of them kind of came out around the same time, and I've just avoided them. And I, and I don't know why, because they're supposed to be good, good films. I must, I yeah. might. I would, I would say this is a better movie than Blood Diamond. Um, it's uh, this one you actually care about the 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 young uh, uh, character who's uh, who James McAvoy plays, and uh, when you see the horrible things happening to him, uh, you you do um, empathise. Ah, you feel involved because of it. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Last King of Scotland, February the 2nd, uh, audio format, DTS, HD, Master Audio, and supplements, nine deleted scenes, uh, the Fox Movie Channel presents Casting Session, The Last King of Scotland, and a theatrical trailer rounds that one up. And uh, quickly going down the line, and I think Chris is going to enjoy this one quite a bit, so we'll go to Chris for it, and uh, Zombieland. Zombieland, yeah, bit of funness. Um, current zombie boom at the moment uh, I find, do zombies ever go out of fashion I don't think they do um, this was a great sort of black comedy uh, after the zombie apocalypse has taken over uh, a few survivors managed to band together you've got Jesse Eisenberg there um, hooks up with Woody Harrelson's um, complete and utter you know, psychopathic redneck shotgun toting cowboy who's after one last mission to find a Twinkie he just loves Twinkies um, but they're going to run into a lot of trouble on their sort of um, oddly mismatched road trip across um, a, a zombie-afflicted America. Um, it, it's it's more funny than anything else. There is gore here as well, uh, and there is one, tr- for those who haven't seen the movie, there is one tremendous cameo. I won't say who it is or how it transpires, but it's absolutely brilliant. It's a protracted sequence, but it's a marvellous little um, you know, t- tip of the um, the hat to a lot of other you know, um, genre movies. Uh, it's great. It's great stuff. It's it's dark. It's satirical. It's nasty. But it's, it's also got a very, really upbeat sort of quality to it as well. I, I had a great time watching this. I thought it was tremendous good fun. Um, so I, I can definitely recommend it. It says here, this is from Sony Pictures, 88 minutes, rated R. 
Um, I'm not sure if there was an unrated version. It's not a particularly um, gruesome movie. It's got its moments, but it's kind of fleetingly done, to be honest. Um, but it's it's recommended, I would say. List price of $39.95. Now, it comes out with commentary from Louis House and, and Jesse Eisenberg. Brilliant. Uh, also from director Ruben Fleischer and writers Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick. Um, you've got Go Behind the Scenes with In Search of Zombieland. Zombieland is your land, the zombification in the United States. Deleted scenes, visual effects, progression scenes, theatrical, almost a poem then, theatrical promo trailers, um, and some exclusive uh, Blu-ray content would be Beyond the Graveyard, which is behind-the-scenes picture-in-picture track, and uh, Movie IQ. So that's not a bad little package, that, by the sound of things. Uh, I can't really, speaking of sound of things, I can't tell you what the uh, audio format's going to be because it doesn't seem to mention it on our little release here. But... Um, yeah, I, I don't know about you guys, but that's that's one I'm definitely going to pick up. That it's good fun. It's good fun. Can I do the plot synopsis in the style of a cinema voiceover artist? Please do. Columbus has made a habit of running from what scares him. Somebody do a heartbeat here. Tallahassee doesn't have fears. If he did, he'd kick their ever living ass in a world overrun by zombies. These two are perfectly evolved survivors. But now, they're about to stare down the most terrifying prospect of all, each other. Sorry, even my harpies had a lisp there. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, that synopsis gives a slightly different idea as to what the movie actually does transpire to be. But, you know, it, <laughs> it's not quite like that. That makes it sound real kick-ass, doesn't it? It's still, it still it comes highly recommended. I... I a big thumbs up. Is it is it the American cousin of Shaun of the Dead, or is it in a different than it? Um, it's evolved from Shaun of the Dead, certainly. It's it's not we're not talking as um, quite as slapstick as that, but yeah, it's 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 in the same sort of zombie comedy niche that Shaun of the Dead has seemed to have um, inspired. I, I, I give it a go, lads. I think it's great. What about our heartbeats? They were great. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> I like the way we wear it even in time. It was like. I, Bum, I like the, like the big one bum, at the bum, end, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's it. Zombieland, one to look forward to. And uh, moving on, we're staying in February, The Running Man, Region A, rated R. Who's going to talk about this one? I can take this one if you like. And uh, I'll join in. Okie dokie. Uh, Running Man, uh, 1987, released Schwarzenegger in the prime of his career. Uh, it's set in 2019, and television is now ruling people's lives the most popular audience participation game show is The Running Man, where convicts can win, win pardons instead of parting gifts by defeating murderous henchmen known as stalkers. The stalkers haven't had much of a challenge lately until Big Iron comes along. So this is the, the concept for this is um, criminals are given the opportunity to go on to like a kind of a, a game show where if they escape from the studio, which is really like a rundown kind of uh, suburb somewhere in the city, they, they are free, but they're chased down by um, almost Mortal Kombat-esque bad guys. Uh, one of them, I think, is called Buzzsaw, and he's got a chainsaw. He rides around the motorbike chasing Arnie. Another guy is, uh, I think he's called Sub-Zero, and he's uh, got an ice hockey stick that's razor sharp. And then there's another guy who's got a flamethrower. It's pure, uh, it's classic 80s movie. It's, you know, it's fuzzy, but it's enjoyable. Arnie is in cheap-tastic form. And he even gets in his famous "I'll be back" uh, line. So only one, in the rerun. 
Only in the rerun. This is one. Uh, no, I'll definitely be picking this up now because, as I say, it was uh, around the time of Predator, Terminator, and all those good films, Commando, and it's 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 up there. It's up there. Mm. Uh, well, yeah, that was the best time for for Arnie. I mean, you had Terminator, Commando, Predator, oh, awesome stuff, and then it was the Running Man. See Arnie run, see Arnie kill was the big tagline at the time, and it was just well. It's basically a Stephen King, uh, well, they say short story, it was still a novel-length short story, um, and, but they deviated quite a bit with the sort of like OTT and also exceptionally camp stalkers. The whole film is very camp, actually, I, I thought, and it's directed by Starsky, Paul Michael Glazer, his directorial mm-hmm. debut, and I think it may, it may still be his only film he's directed, but um, it's colourful, it's certainly... Uh, fun, but it's not as hard or as action-packed as I, I thought it would be. Just when it's, it seems to get going, I always thought, you know, each set-piece sort of, sort of bowed out on a sort of damp squib. You know, Sub-Zero, who I think was played by Professor Toru Tanaka, the big oriental bad guy in a lot of movies, um, that was like, he was a terrifying proposition. You know, I skating after Arnie, and he had like a razor-sharp pucks that he was smacking after him. But um, it each particular set piece sort of like bowed out badly, I thought, and the whole rebellion aspect of uh, you know the underclasses fighting back against this oppressive TV-run society. Uh, I don't know it's all too convenient, um, but it was a very popular movie. Yeah, don't get me wrong; it was a huge, huge success at the time, and it's got a great soundtrack by Harold Faltermeyer as well. And I thought I'd add that bit in there, so I wouldn't mind hearing that in there. It's in. English DTS um, HD Master Audio 7.1, so that could be quite exciting, to be honest. I would and imagine you... that the, I'd imagine that the transfer in this could be not great, I, as far as I yeah, remember. Yeah, it could be awful. Yeah. Mm. But then again, if it's going to be true to form, it's going to be quite a grainy film. I would have thought because I remember it being especially uh, murky. It is, yeah. So it's, pretty, it's, it's dark as well in a lot of places. Mind you, I've just remembered something else good about it. Maria Conchita Alonso, someone I had the absolute supreme hots for during my teenage years. Appeared in a lot of movies at this time. She was in Predator 2. She was in Extreme Prejudice. She was in the film Colours. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm talking myself into getting this now. Um, which I think for any Arnie fan anyway, you're going to have to have it in your collection. So, um, And you, you've got all your commentaries from Paul Michael Glazer, producer Tim Zinman, uh, another commentary from executive producer Rob Cohen two featurettes that doesn't sound particularly spectacular now does it and a theatrical trailer so you know it's back catalogue stuff um, finally coming onto Blu-ray so yeah Arnie fans what's not to love I suppose okay so that's uh, The Running Man let's move on to a film from 1955 and there's only one guy we can go to for something that's <laughs> as old as that Chris <laughs> what <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, I'm a bit well, of a lady killer myself. Yeah, no, I'll take this one. I've got several buried in the backyard. <laughs> I'll happily do this one. It's one of my favourite films, actually, Lady Killers. I've got it on DVD, and I'm hoping that this Blu-ray is going to um, be a nice transfer. Uh, if you haven't, you've bound, you've bound to have seen it on the telly at some point. Uh, you've got Alec Guinness, Peter Sellers, Herbert Lom, and the, the Cecil Parker. They're a gang, a gang of. Uh, uh, bank robbers, they're trying to plan a bank robbery so they're in a, a room in a, an old lady's house and they tell her that they're a, a, a musical quartet and uh, the, the old lady gets mixed up in their scheme and um, they try to work out whether they should kill her or not and uh, 
at the end of the day, the little bemused old lady, uh, you're wondering if she's a bit more um, uh, clever than she's actually letting on. But um, it's it's a, a nice film, and believe it or not, I, for years I thought this was in black and white because I'd only ever seen it on the telly in black and white, but it is in fact in colour. Um, let's hope they do a nice transfer of it. The aspect ratio is 1.66 to 1, and uh, for a film made in 1950... <laughs> for a film made in 1955, that was at a time in the UK when most films were still being made in black and white, and they were still making them in black and white into the 60s. Only big-budget films seemed to uh, get the use of of uh, a bit of colour so this was actually shot in Technicolor believe it or not and it looks lovely um, it's, it's got a certain uh, pastel look to it uh, it was an Ealing Studios production and I, I think it's great fun it's tongue in cheek all the way through uh, by the great director Alex McKendrick and nice 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 movie it's got an introduction on the disc uh, by uh, Te- uh, Terry Gilliam I guess it's his favourite as well um, there's a, a doco about the, make, uh, the making, there's a doco about um, Ealing Studios uh, called Forever Ealing on the disc, which is rather nice. And there's an audio commentary by film historian Philip Kemp, there's always somebody to spoil it. Um, interviews with British filmmakers Alan Scott and Terence Davis and also the writer Ronald Harwood uh, are, are uh, on there as well. They're even going to the bother of doing a 20-page booklet about it. So maybe they're going to do a, a nice presentation. The reason I'm saying all this is because it's coming from our friends at Optimum and um, uh, let's hope that perhaps they put a little bit more TLC into this than they have in the past and some of their other productions. Um, so, okay, guys, get the finger out. Do a decent job of this. It's worth doing a, a decent job on. And if there's one or two scratches on the print, sort them out before you transfer it, for God's sake, you know. <laughs> well, you've had it from the man there. Yeah. And I should say there's BD Live on this. Um, there's a bonus interview with the, uh, the film uh, British filmmaker James James Mangold. I don't think he was involved in the Lady Killers at all, but uh, maybe he just wants to talk about it. It would be certainly nice to have BD Live used for something worthwhile. Um, so, you know, maybe this will be the one. Yeah, I think this would be a great one. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Badly remade, or rather ineptly remade by the Coen brothers as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but this this is great. You've got the two big hitters from the period, Alec Guinness and Peter Sellers. You know, you, you can't go wrong there. Not seen it for a long, long time, but it's one I've got, you know, very, um, you know, nostalgic, uh, fun memories of. So, I, yeah, I can't wait to see this again. Should should look good. Hopefully, Ottoman don't botch it up. Uh, if the Coen Brothers version is a pale, watered-down confection. Yeah. And basically, my view on that is, if you've got a film that's a real classic... Bloody well, leave it alone. Leave it alone, yeah. Exactly. I, like, I mean, they, they thought they were being clever by relocating it, didn't they, as well? Yeah, they, Louisiana. To try, to try and make it a different movie again. But it, people like us who've seen uh, the original, you, you can't mess with that, really. That code is set in stone. And the thing is, it must it must be obvious, because people who hadn't seen it didn't like the, um, the remake anyway. Mm. The film flopped, didn't it? Yeah, it just wasn't a good film. Yeah, yeah I didn't like the remake. I thought Hanks was all right in that one. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't a great film. Okay, moving on. Um, we've got a couple others just to cover before we wrap up on the news this month. And uh, one that I'm looking forward to uh, because I think all the Disney stuff so far has been absolutely astounding. All the, the restoration work that they have done. And that's Fantasia, guys. We're getting that on March 2nd. Anybody looking forward to this? God, yeah. Absolutely. 
Uh, Fantasia is one of the one of the most awesome animated films I've ever seen. Uh, also, one of the earliest memories I've got of watching movies. Truly, and as you say, uh, Disney uh, movies on Blu-ray now look absolutely tremendous. They're really pulling out all the stops, aren't they? Uh, sadly, it appears here <laughs> we don't have a lot of information as to what's on it, but it's going to be going on, on on the track record they've had so far. You're going to have all sorts of stuff there, massive documentaries, tons of um, commentaries, and all sorts of things, aren't you? And you're so, just a, you're just the man to review it. Mm, I w- yeah, I wouldn't mind. Are we going to get the? Um, is it just Fantasia the original version, or are we going to have Fantasia two thousand as well in there? I'd heard rumours that you, you were getting the two versions on this disc. Well, that's that's what release. I thought, but but looking at this press release, it's just saying well, it's not saying much actually. It's about five lines long, so mm-hmm. um, it's coming at March saying Maybe we'll get more details towards the time. But if they yeah. they keep up the good work that they've done with Sleeping Beauty, Pinocchio, and uh, Snow White, then I think we're in for a real treat. Yeah, mm. I think I think Umbo's come out in February, isn't that? Uh, I could be wrong, but uh, yeah, yeah, I think, uh, it yeah, is, I yeah. think you're right. Yeah, and uh, that, that worries me because Dumbo's only sixty-two minutes long. How are they going to fill up the desk? They might, they're, they're going to have to put some shot in there to go with it. I think. Well, they'll just they'll just pad the um, thing up with tons and tons of extras, won't they? Yeah, yeah. It's making a good all-round package. Okay, so uh, that's Fantasia. It's uh, it's coming out March second. We don't have that many details, but. Going on past Disney stuff, we're all looking forward to that one. So moving on, that wraps up our news for this month. We'll be back in a few seconds. For up-to-the-minute AV discussion and hardware reviews, visit avforums.com. Made by enthusiasts. For enthusiasts. Wow, a free movie, thanks. This is the AV Podcast. Okay, so uh, that's the news out of the way. We can uh, get the lager opened and uh, sit back and we're going to reminisce about 2009 and the best films that we've had either on Blu-ray or that we've actually gone out to the cinema to see. And uh, guys, let's kick off um, with one of you. I'm going to go to Jer first. Jer, what's your number one film of 2009? And let's see if we agree with you. Number one film for me. Can I have two films? No, you can one. have one. One. Oh. My, I would have to go for Taken, purely for enjoyment factor. And it was one of those films that snuck into the cinema and I watched it and I really, really enjoyed it. And just thinking back over the last year, that would be the one film that would stand out for me. So there you go. My other one's Radcliffe. I'm just going to throw that in there, but I won't talk about it. I, I didn't expect you to come out with that one. That, that is well, a good choice, though. Good choice. I, I, honest, I was going to go for Inglorious Bastards, but I know Al wants that, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> T- yeah, Taken no. absolutely kicks ass. Tremendous movie. You know, this it, it, everything that appeal, appeals to me, you know, looking after your kids, you'll stop at nothing. Someone's taken something from you that's precious. You will kill everybody and their dog to get to what's rightfully yours and take it back safely. And I just, I, I admire that. Uh, right wing, ultra right wing, hard line tendencies. I'm all for it. Kick everybody's ass. Tremendous good stuff. Really brutal, down and dirty stuff. And Mr. Neeson looks fantastic in his, uh, his black and white suit as well. Pure um, Bondian. Yeah, Neeson, Neeson was, uh, or Neeson even, he was really, really impressive. And he pulled off that role so well because when he was uh, being typecast, 
I no, sorry, but he's been cast in the film. I, I was kind of thinking of Mel Gibson in Payback, and I was like, oh, I'm not too sure if Liam Neeson would be able to pull this off, but he was really convincing. Kind well, of Neeson Jason is part. normally Hollywood's uh, mentor of choice, isn't he? He's the older, wiser dude who's got to train somebody else up. He may be a bit um, dodgy later on, Alec Batman begins, but you know this is a guy you always turn to who's been around the block and he's going to train the up-and-coming superhero dude to do the work. But this was, he doesn't need anyone. The one fly in the ointment really I thought was uh, how naff he was at the beginning, with, uh, the way he was just hero-doting on, uh, who was the pop star, isn't it, at the start? this a guy who's been around the world you know he know he's been on the block several times he knows a thing or two my daughter really loves you can you give her any tips for singing oh, just get no, lost no no you needed that you needed that to, to see how how he couldn't sort of adapt to, to, to going culture. back to his I daughter killing machine. <laughs> yeah so when he turned into the killing machine it was you know oh okay that's the person he is this other person he isn't that you're quite yeah, right. He's trying so hard to be the, the, the devoted father, but he couldn't do it because he's rubbish at it. He has never known. It. He's never been able to do it. What he is is a killing machine. And what he does best, like he says on the phone, I will find you. I have a certain set of skills. Killing is my business. Line. Mm. That's a terrific choice. Yeah. I Thank you very much. I've got, uh, got to uh, say, I agree with that, yeah. It's sitting on my uh, to-watch list, so thanks for spoiling it, guys. Again, uh, watch it, you uh, we didn't give much away. Uh, of course, it's on. It's the extended cut on Blu-ray as well. It is. It is indeed. So well, it's not much. A little bit it? more. A little bit more brutal. Well, there's a, there's a bit more to it. Yeah. Yeah, but, but it, 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 it is great. And it looks and sounds fantastic on blue, eh? Yeah, oh, yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it does. Yeah, it's pounding stuff. Is mm. Keira Knightley in it? Uh, 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 but uh, the, it would be the, good if Liam needs a puncher though. <laughs> <laughs> he breaks just, into. She just snapped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but his daughter is obviously played by someone who's slightly older than the daughter's meant to be, which obviously, you know, because uh, yeah. the film is very unsavory and it's, very, it's covering very dodgy ground, horribly, really dodgy ground as well. Yeah. Um, and it's guaranteed to get an emotional, um, even people who haven't, who haven't got kids or haven't got a daughter, you know, it, it doesn't matter. It's going to get you, isn't it? Yeah, and, you absolutely. know, it, it really fired me up. I remember I was actually, when that arrived, I was actually off work that day and I watched the film two times back to back whilst doing an enormous amount of press ups and imagining I was killing everybody on the <laughs> planet. Because you know, these films get me like that. I need these films as a release once in a while. <laughs> so get, get it out of my system. Right. Okay, okay I've said too much. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's move on. So that's taken. Uh, that's Jer's choice for number one film of 2009. Uh, let's go to Alan. Alan, uh, remember, it has to be from 2009, not 1957. Right. <laughs> okay, uh, well, I've, I've got three, but out of that, I'll pick one. Um, so I would have to go for a little film called Moon. Which was oh. a surprise, and a surprise to me. Um, there, there are a couple of other films that I think are uh, well worth mentioning, but I won't because I'll stick with the one. Uh, Moon's a, 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 a triumph for the low-budget film production, um, and you know it's certainly it got a bit of controversy on the forums with people arguing about it. But at the end of the day, it's all down to personal opinion, and that's what we're doing here. So I think it's a smashing film, little sci-fi movie made in, made for two and a half million quid, uh, directed by uh, David Bowie's son, uh, uh, who uh, 
it's called Duncan Jones these days. Um, British effects done by Bill Pearson, um, edited. Uh, the effects were uh, edited and composited by Cineside. Uh, it's a good story, a very simple story, uh, and I'm not going to explain it because people, uh, you know, I still think I shouldn't give the game away so people get a good bit of pleasure out of uh, watching the film. It's a well-made movie. There's no two ways about it. People looking for great deep themes are busy, too busy investigating their own navels, really, because at the end of the day, it's a, a straightforward, simple film, but it's well-made. Um, and that, in Britain today, is a good thing. Moon is marvellous, an absolutely tremendous movie. Um, I knew about it way before it was coming out, and I thought, eh, I don't know, what, where are we going to go with this? Sam Rockwell, um, indie actor, uh, kind of left field, and the initial concept of the plot that I saw was not what the finished movie was at all. And they, they made it sound like it really was some kind of um, supernatural sort of mystery you know, he's hearing voices, there's other things on this moon base, not meant to be the only person there, and it, you really expected a different kind of film, but of course as the film came out, you saw the trailer a, a lot is given away in the trailer I mean, the, the twists and turns of the movie aren't we're not talking um, Shyamalan style stuff here there's no Easy massive no, Chris. I haven't seen it yet well, it isn't like that, so you know you don't go thinking that there's a, the revelations are fairly early on, and they're quite well, they're still profound, so you know he's, he's still going to get a, a jolt out of one or two sequences there. But it's a it's a mood piece more than anything else. It's a character study, uh, an unusual character study, but one that's uh, deeply, I found quite traumatic to be honest. Um, and I love I love that I love the, the fact that um, sci-fi still has the power to be, um, no low key, but still reaching for the stars in terms of um, emotional impact. And it is a it's a it's a great, deep, resonant, human, very purely humanistic story, and you know it's going to get the uh, the old grey matter working as well as getting you know the tear ducts working as well. And I thought it was utterly tremendous. I was captivated from start to finish with it. I love the um, the external shots on, on the moon when they're travelling in the lunar buggies. Uh, okay, it's, it's model work, but we knew that, and it looked tremendous. And it's just a tremendous, uh, surreal, I love that word, tremendous, <laughs> tonight. It, very surreal and captivating imagery uh, and a knockout performance from Sam Rockwell. Absolutely um, divine, I would say. Uh, you can't help but get the analogy to 2001, uh, but that's not a bad thing. It's, it's everyone, all reviews I've seen, and most people talk about the film, like, oh, it's obviously inspired in part by 2001. But yeah, Unquestionably, it's got that capacity there as well. But this is its own beast. and It's small, it's heartfelt, and I can't recommend it enough. I really can't. Well, yeah. I've, I've got to agree with you, Chris. Uh, it is my film of the year, and it's a film that I hadn't heard of until I read uh, the review on the site. And I thought, oh, this might be interesting. And uh, went and bought the disc, and uh, I thought it was great. Absolutely brilliant. And uh, I can't think of anything that comes close to it this year. I mean... Most of the films that I've watched this year have been rather disappointing, to be honest. So uh, it was a nice little breath of fresh air, and uh, I don't get I don't get the comments uh, that have been made. But like I say, everybody's got opinions. Um, but it's my film of the year, so let's move on. Let's get another film of the year, and uh, let's go, to Simon. Well, continuing with the sci-fi vein. Um, to be honest, 
thinking back um, over this, I was really, really struggling this year to pull out one film. Um, not because there's so many good, but because it's just been a really naff year for films. Um, so for me, I am going to have to be rather predictable and point to Star Trek, the, uh, oh. the, the reboot because um, it done so much for a, uh, a flagging franchise. It needed to go somewhere else, and J.J. Uh, Abrams has done that for me. He's, uh, he's re- rebooted the franchise to ad finitum. It's, um, it's, it was a terrific film. It looks and sounds fantastic on Blu-ray, um, and I went to see it oh, twice at the cinema. Was it three times? Might have been three times this one. And it was just about the only film I did actually go and see because I just couldn't couldn't really you know i couldn't face the the, the wolverines or the terminators or all, all that naff stuff that's been knocking around this year so for me i'm going to pick star wars uh, star trek <laughs> star wars or star trek whichever way around you want to put it they're all yeah. the same really anyway they're all the same being, uh, being obvious i would have gone for uh, <clears throat> i thought it was a phenomenal movie mm. uh, it's, it's it's got it's it's got some faults without a doubt but oh, as an experience the, the movie it was everything it should be because yeah, a lot was riding on this. We'd seen all the casting and boy, they looked the part. JJ Abrams, we knew this was a guy who could possibly make it vibrant, dynamic, and you know, and culturally savvy as well. And you know, but do big budget remakes and you know, reboots always work? Well, Batman worked, Casino Royale worked. So you know, it's tempered with the fact that you can have some big successes. Is it going to hit the mark? Well, it did. It truly did. It had everything because the effects were great. It had a damn good story. Well, it had a reasonably good story. It had great yeah. characters and it had all this essential ingredient was the chemistry between them. And that worked. That totally sizzled. It was, apart from the Simon Pegg, I've mentioned this before, he's kind of loose cannon in there. But I've watched the movie on Blu-ray a few times now and I've warmed to him being in the part now. So it's just a great, um, purely fun Science fiction, you know, you know, hit out the ballpark. Jaw dropping, exciting, ball bashing. Big ears and a guy with big hands and a tongue doesn't work. Marvellous. I, I love that, love that bit. You know, he's got to go in there and tell everyone that, you know, they're about to face annihilation. They're going into a trap. He's got the, the most important message to deliver. He's got massively stupid bulbous hands and his, his tongue doesn't work. He's going, <laughs> <laughs> it's just brilliant, pure brilliance. Star Trek, awesome. Star Trek, yeah. I, th- I think this has been the year of Star Trek uh, because. Well, it has. Of course it has. The- I mean, we've had a fantastic year for Star Trek. Everything's come out, hasn't it? Everything's come out. And I've now actually got season three. I've been waiting through it the last few days. Well, well since um, yesterday, anyway. Yeah. But I've watched most of it already. Cool. Tremendous. Uh, yeah, well, good, my, my, good my films of the year were Star Trek. District 9, Inglorious Bastards and Moon but I've left one out which I'm going to talk about, that's going to be my favourite now um... <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare, don't you do it <laughs> Terminate the selfish No, no, no No, no. no. <laughs> it's, got, it's got to be a horror or something like Drag Me to Hell or something like that oh, oh, then... about that. No, it's not No, no, it's not Hurt Locker. What? The Hurt Locker? Nope uh, it's up. Oh, Absolutely yes. brilliant, oh. brilliant movie. Had no idea how this film was going to wear going into it. Uh, once again, you know, the studio have gone uh, with a completely bizarre, wacky idea. 
you've got a guy, you know, a frail old man voiced by um, Lou Asner. The old, is it Lou Asner? Ed Asner, who played Lou Grant. Yeah, do you not think that the character looked strangely a little bit like our Phil? A little bit like Phil. It was definitely modelled on him, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, Phil wore the uh, the suit with the little dots on it. Remember who does the editing here and who so makes you sound good. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, and it, this little old man, basically, his house is about to be. Um, they, they want to bulldoze it and make way for, you know, obviously new buildings and renovations in the in the town. He has lost his wife, and their one true dream, because they were childhood sweethearts, was to follow in their hero's footsteps and go off to South America to a place called Paradise Falls. But it, it's certainly it's a weird idea. Uh, you've got a little old man and a rather obese wilderness scout. Not the best pairing in the world. It's not obviously given to comedy, and yet the film has absolutely tremendous um, guffaws. It has unbelievably good action as well, which you just didn't expect. This is a film that I had no idea if I was going to like this film or not. I saw the synopsis and I thought, oh, this, I'm not sure. But I'll put my, you know, my money on Pixar because they haven't let me down yet with anything. Uh, and they do take chances, they take risks. Films that you know were bizarre ideas that may not work for the majority of people, but I've yet to meet someone who did not fall in love with Up. Well, That's I... my film of the year. No, it is. It's a top movie, top movie, and it's a great um, Blu-ray release as well. It's fantastic transfer. Okay, so uh, that's our favourite films of the years, but obviously there, there, there's been plenty of others that maybe we've marked down as our number two or number three. So uh, let's talk about the films that we haven't discussed yet. And I, I guess we've got to talk about the big blockbusters of the year, uh, Terminator 4, uh, we had Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen, which was absolute. Plus we had uh, some other uh, films that came out of the blue, like Moon, like Inglourious Bastards, and like, um, what was the one that you just mentioned, Chris? District 9. I would say Inglorious Bastards is one that we, we, we shouldn't forget because um, it's, it's just come out in Blu-ray um, and it's if it hadn't come out in Blu-ray I would never have seen it because I wouldn't have gone, gone to the pictures to see it. Um, I, I'm basically not a really great uh, Tarantino fan. Um, the title would have put me off uh, but I'm really glad that I've seen it. Um, I, I really thought to myself, oh, this will be full of flashy photography, f- flashy camera work, flashy editing. And it's not. It's a good story, very well put together, very well constructed, very well told. It's a traditional tale. Uh, well, it's wrong to say that. It's a traditionally told tale, um, a traditionally told fairy tale. And you have to stress the point that it is a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the ending is one that um, I think I've said in my review is probably on a par with Steve McQueen making it over that final fence on his motorbike in The Great Escape and heading off over the Alps. Um, something that you would not expect. Um, the characters are good. The actors are good. The one the guy that plays um, Hans Lander, uh, Christoph Waltz, if I remember correctly. Hans Lander is the Jew hunter. His performance is absolutely superb. He's very suave, very um, polite, and all the time he's working towards a result that he wants to get out of his conversation with his victims. Um, and at the end, he, uh, I don't want to give the end away, he, he thinks he's, he, he's um, still in charge of the situation, but someone else has the final word. Um, it's 
to me, it's a good movie from the point of view that you're in the hands of a creative storyteller and filmmaker. And for all the fact that people have raved about Tarantino in the past, I really honestly haven't thought that much of him. To me, very well made. Um, I, I now respect Tarantino as a filmmaker. I mean, like my opinion really matters. You know, but at the end of the day, uh, I, I think, wow. Well, I think he proves a lot of naysayers. Um, people who don't particularly, they're not smitten by his style. Uh, is usually very. His urban thrillers are very hip and self-aware, aren't they? Very self-conscious, uh, and that's grating and annoying even to me. And I, I loved Reservoir Dogs, but I tended to well hate his subsequent works. And uh, I kind of went into Glorious Bastards thinking that well, it might just be more of the same. It's going to be very, very talky. I, I knew that going in. Um, and it's going to be lots and lots of movie references, but I didn't expect to be moved by the character. I didn't expect to, to be as amused by it as I was, and to be, uh, yeah, captivated by what is a very well put together, well structured story, which is, as you quite say, it's a fairy story, and it, it works remarkably well. And it does seem to, to point to the fact that Tarantino is a very, very accomplished movie maker, and I've said I'm certainly going to give him a lot more chances in the future now. And in fact, I'm looking forward to wherever he goes next, and because that really did hit the mark. It did a lot more than I expected to, and uh, it's very quotable as well. I, did, yeah. I love the movie. You know, I will have my natty scalps. It's just, it's awesome. Or stuff. you will die trying. Yeah, <laughs> I love the bit where they're, uh, he says they're the three of them are, are pretending to be Italian when they go. Oh out God, yeah. that's priceless, priceless, <laughs> Graf, Yes, <laughs> <laughs> just brilliant. It's 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 funny, it's silly, it's irreverent, but it's also tells a proper story as well. You know, it's got a lot going on with it. It isn't just um, hip for the sake of being hip, and him trying to be really clever with his dialogue all over again. Yeah. Um, and the yeah, action when it comes is, is really good as well. <laughs> yeah, it's a top film, top film, super looking. Okay, so uh, that's our films of of 2009. But let's look at our discs of 2009. Of course, the films don't necessarily have to be of 2009 vintage. And uh, let's start with one box set which blew me away, and that was uh, The Wizard of Oz uh, from 1939. Am I right, Alan? Uh, yeah, 1939, The Wizard of Oz came out in the cinema. Um, it, uh, at the time, strangely, it, it wasn't a, a massive success right away, but um, it kind of grew over the years, and it's become everybody's, or almost every TV channel's uh, favourite um, Christmas fodder. Um, I saw it for, for, for the first time in 1969 in a cinema uh, on, on its re-release and it, I thought it was fantastic and I couldn't believe it had been made in 1939. And now we've got it on, on Blu-ray uh, and they've done a lovely transfer of it. The yellow brick road looks yellow. Uh, I have actually had it in various other incarnations such as a Super 8 a collector's edition where the if it was a, a, a Maritz Labs print you got the yellow brick road was this bright orange um, but um, it certainly it looks lovely the skin tones look great and bear in mind it's three strip technicolour it's never going to be as pin sharp as uh, a film shot this year um, there is a, a certain amount of grain because of the three, the three different strips combination of the three different necks but it looks fantastic Colours are lovely, um, it and people have 
commented on the cheap looking sets. Ah, for Pete's sake, come on, it's the Wizard of Oz. You know, uh, it's a classic, it looks lovely, and it's it's probably not everybody's favourite Christmas movie. Certainly I have a great affection for it, and it's it's a simple story, great songs, you've got the transition from black and white to colour when uh, Dorothy goes out the door uh, and she's not in Kansas anymore, and you've got great performances uh, from, uh, what's her name, Hamilton, uh, who played the, the Wicked Witch. Uh, Margaret Hamilton, yeah, um, and you've got a very talented guy who was the the wizard, who actually Frank Morgan, who played several roles in the film, and you, you can't forget the the cowardly lion, the Tin Man, and the Scarecrow. These are brilliant characters who all um, link to characters in Dorothy's real life farmyard environment. It's it's a it's just a cracking song, cracking movie. There's not a bad song in it. Um, it looks it looks great. Project it onto a seven foot screen, and it's there's nothing wrong with it. There's not a blemish. It looks great, and I'm really delighted to have it. Um, I, I thoroughly also enjoyed the doco that comes with it in the box set. Um, there's a, a doco about MGM presented by Captain Jean Luc Picard himself. Um, it's, it's, it tells the full the story of MGM from its very beginnings to the, when it died off. Um, that is a long six-hour doco, but it's well worth watching. Um, it's a, there's also in the package you got a lovely book and all that kind of stuff, and you also get a little wristwatch with it. I haven't tried to see if mine works yet, but it's smashing. It is what you would call a real collector's item. I'm looking forward to seeing you with your Wizard of Oz watch on, Alan. I must say. Uh, I'll give it a try sometime, Phil. I'll send you a photograph. Uh, yeah, I've got to say, fantastic box set. It's not a kind of film that uh, you can watch um, probably once a year, I would say. Um, so <laughs> certain, it's, on, it's on TV once a year, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You can, you can save money right, right there and then. Yeah, of course. Don't bother with the Blu-ray. You know, it's 70 quid on. Sacrilege. I've got it. I've got it. I guess talking about classics. I mean, it's it's been a, a an okay year for classics, and uh, another good disc that we got because of the 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 DVD was such a poor release. Unless you got the region one version, was uh, uh, what wonderful life. Um, we finally got getting to see that in all its glory. Looks great. Yeah. Um, there's. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's a wonderful life. Has it? Yeah. It's got the color. It's got the colorized version in there as well. Um, it's. Uh, I'm a bit of a stickler. I prefer the black and white. Um, the colorized version looks pretty good for a colorized version, but it comes back to the fact that you really can't do much with black. Um, it, when they colorize it, it still looks a bit odd. Um, uh, it's. It's just a smashing story. Nobody's topped Frank Capra's way of handling it. Over the years, it's been copied by so many people. And really, they're all amateurs compared to Frank Capra. Um, Everybody who's done a TV series, a long-running TV series, has done a Christmas episode where they copy uh, It's a Wonderful Life. And not one of them has the emotion, not one of them has the the movement of uh, Frank Capra's film. Uh, great performances uh, from James Stewart, and I don't think I've actually seen a bad film that James Stewart was in. He's a good actor. Uh, nice film, very nice film, and also Christmas Carol's just come out, the Alistair Sim version. 
Um, that, that that looks fantastic. That is real black and white. None of this boiled up grey rubbish. Yeah, I've, I've got to say that's the one thing that does stand out um, uh, with Capra's movie is is the fact that the print was absolutely superb and and they've got the, the full contrast correct. Uh, it actually looks black and white for a change. Yeah, um, they knew how to light black and white in those days. If some if someone that makes a black and white film these days, they don't light it generally. Um, terribly well because they're used to lighting for colour um, you know if you put a, if you put a simple things like if you put a red and a black together uh, an item that's red and an item that's black together and shoot that in black and white they'll come out as the same tone um, people make these simple mistakes um, other things like separating people out with, with dark hair from a black background by putting a rim light on them if you look at these old black and white movies, the lighting on them is very precise. And I'm not saying people who light for colour these days aren't as good, but it's just a different way of lighting and there's a certain beauty about it. Almost like, uh, I guess, an Ansel Adams photograph. And there's, a, there's some great documentaries on there as well if you want to look back in, in the history of uh, of uh, film. And, and the same was with uh, with the MGM stuff that was on Wizard of Oz. So we seem to be getting plenty of material there for real fil- film connoisseurs that want to uh, just have a look back and see how it was done in the good old days uh, when you were making films, Alan. Thanks very much. It's probably before <laughs> me. But bear in mind, we also had North by Northwest this year. And they did a lovely version of that. They went back to the Vista Vision um, original materials. Um, Vista Vision, the film went sideways through the camera, so you got a larger negative area. And the quality of that uh, transfer looks superb. It really does. Project it, stick it on a big plasma, it looks lovely. Uh, I don't think you can beat that. Yeah, that, it looks absolutely sumptuous. Blow it up on a, a nice big screen, and it, you know, it stands the test of time, it really does. So that's some of the classics that we've enjoyed this year. Let's move on to uh, TV box sets, and I guess, Simon, the biggest one this year has been uh, Battlestar Galactica. I would have to agree with you there. Well, there have been a number of uh, TV box sets that have come out this year, um, Prisoner being one, um, but uh, for me, the um, Battlestar Galactica, just fantastic. Um Right from the miniseries all the way through to the final, um, for I don't know how many episodes. How many was it, Phil? 100 episodes, a bit more? I forget now. 20, 40, 60, 80 episodes or so, plus the um, the Razor um, spin off um, episodes. All brilliant, looking fantastic. Um, and Star Trek as well, of course. Um, I'm just being told in the in my, the back of my ear, something coming to me. All the Star Treks have come out as well. So um, we've got. For for sci-fi buffs and TV box sets, we've had everything come out all at one, and they all look fantastic. They've been, you know, um, the picture-wise, everything looks fantastic. It's been cleaned up, digitally cleaned up, looks really good. Um, the of course the the, the Battlestar Galactica have the little um, promo on the front there. This is exactly how it's supposed to look. Trying to naysay any of us reviewers and say this picture looks crap. It doesn't look crap. This is how it's supposed to look. Um, of course, but it, it doesn't look crap. It looks great. I'm not saying that it looks crap at all. It looks brilliant, as does the Star Trek, as does the Prisoner. They all look fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> they've all been sounded up as well. You know, they've all got um, big sound, um, 5.1, 7.1 soundtracks. Um, all been remixed, but they don't, they haven't been falsely remixed. Um, you know, they do have discrete sound, and it is false red, and it is a really, really good sound. And on top of that, they've got... Tons and tons and tons of extras. We've been talking about extras in the in the old times. These these new ones, they've all got 
brand new stuff coming to them. It's they and they're fantastic sets. Okay, if you can sorry. afford to buy them, of course. Well, okay, Simon, breathe. Sorry. Fantastic. Sense. I was having a chance. I had to have a chance to speak there. It was quite quite exciting. <laughs> and that's why you don't have a chance to speak. <laughs> <laughs> Fifty million words, words in ten seconds. Yeah, but I, I agree with everything you say. And and yeah, the the thing about Battlestar and the way it looks, get over it. I love Battlestar Galactica. What a great TV show! Oh, I only watched up, that. Yeah. I only watched it because of Simon's review. I thought that he was actually viewing the old 1970s one. <laughs> the hell are you raving on about these old shows, Prisoner yeah. and whatnot? And I, I, I was it really disappointed when the robotic dog didn't turn up. <laughs> <laughs> Muffy. Okay, so guys, what have been your uh, most favourite discs of the years in terms of picture, sound, and of course, uh, the films? Uh, well, we've had some big hitters so far, haven't we? We've talked about Up, we've talked about um, Trek. There's been the likes of Wolverine and Terminator 4 Salvation, which is a great disc for AV quality, but it's a rather naff movie, if you ask me. But I'm going to plump for a couple of oldies, um, which I was surprised at how good their transfers came out. And one of them is The Living Dead at Manchester Morgue, which was... I I could not believe how good this film looked. From 1974, um, a low-budget Spanish-Italian co-production shot around Manchester and the, uh, the Peak District. Uh, I covered it on the site. It's a fabulous horror movie. One one of the best of the of the earlier you know, zombie gut munchers. Obviously inspired by Night of the Living Dead, but also far superior to it in almost every single way. Um, and this came to disc uh, fully uncut with absolutely marvellous um, picture clarity. The colour was spot on with it. Uh, the sound was a 7.1, if I remember rightly, 7.1, uh, which you think, well, this film ever going to have proper surround sound with it? Well, in actual fact, because of its bizarre stereophonic synthesized soundtrack, it actually works really well. You're not getting a full... Uh, all the channels aren't being utilised, but it's throwing that sound out pretty well and being bounced around you to a, a nice enough degree to think, hang on, they've put some time and effort into this, and it does sound really good. Uh, very, very clear, very sharp, very detailed, um, and some not a lot of extras on it, but... Reasonable extras, uh, they got the director involved to walk around the old locations he filmed in, which I thought was a tremendous way of, because of course every location he goes to, he regales you with anecdotes and, uh, of what they did, how they filmed this particular sequence, why they shot it this way, blah, blah, blah. So you got a bit of a, bit of a making of as well, sort of on the hoof. And yeah, I thought that was a tremendous release. I look forward to it and it didn't disappoint and the other one would be Lucio uh, or Lucio Fulci's Notorious, the New York Ripper. Now, not a film that is going to appeal to a great deal of people. Um, lots of very gratuitous atrocities taking place in Manhattan and um, very, very uh, anti-women, basically. Uh, some horribly grueling um, uh, murder sequences. But again, a, a film from 1981, and it looked astounding. The cleanup job on that was just phenomenal. Colours were vibrant, detail was there, three-dimensionality was there. This was this was great, barring a few minor little niggles. Tremendous um, transfer. Again, you had a full wraparound sound on it, but uh, how good was that? Mm, it, an effort had been made. Not much in the way of extras, but you know, I'm going to say that those two were the films which I didn't expect to get you know, releases quite as good as that and the transfers as well thought out and restored uh, as the vast which we received. So for me, Living Dead at Manchester Morgue and the New York Ripper, both of them um, American releases. 
I'm going to pick for, well, I'm going to say two films now. One, which is the top of how a Blu-ray can look. And the other is a rather very disappointing Blu-ray release, but a top film nonetheless. And from that, you can probably guess what I'm going to say. First one, Braveheart, which not only is a great film, but its transfer and sound were brilliant. And it's just how Blu-ray should look. You, I don't think you could beat it as picture-wise. It's just absolutely spectacular, um, disregarding any sort of the digital animation, the ups and the, 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 all the other stuff. Um, for pure film transferred to the digital format of Blu-ray, I would have to pick and wave around um, the... Uh, well, in fact, it's the same release in the UK and the, U, the US release of Braveheart. Go and, on. of course, the most disappointing one... Uh-oh. Do I have you, to say it? I don't think don't. I have to say it. Why so we'll don't. just... Not saying. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I, I, I've got to agree with you, Simon. Uh, Braveheart, absolutely brilliant. How it should be done, how a print absolutely. should be cleaned up, how it should be compressed and how it should be transferred to Blu-ray. It looked absolutely glorious. The film hasn't aged very well. What, what was the worst disc, Simon? Shut up. It's not the worst disc. It's just an incredibly disappointing and in how badly it can be done, which is, of course, Gladiator. Oh, yes. How but disappointing no. that was. I should refrain from entering this conversation. We'll, we'll, we'll move swiftly on. Move, one of moving swiftly on. The films that have come out this year on Blu-ray that look to me to be something special. Amadeus looked great. That was a nice transfer. We also had an American in Paris, which looked really superb for a, another Technicolor print. Um we also had, if you bear in mind, mentioning James Bond for once, uh, we had Moonraker, which was outstanding uh, picture quality-wise, at head and shoulders above the rest of the Bonds, I thought. And we had a nice version of Princess Bride come out this year as well. Uh, but I have to say that, to me, the be- probably the best quality picture uh, I've seen is Up. Uh, and uh, that's... I-, I would say that that sums up my best transfers of the year. It should really make a reference to uh, Knowing as well because that, I thought, looked and sounded absolutely amazing. Not not the greatest film ever made. Uh, one that split the camp quite divisively. But uh, it looks and sounds utterly amazing. You know, those Red One uh, high-def cameras that they used. And the, the three-dimensionality, the three-dimensionality of that image is just second to none. You know, without it being proper full-on 3D, it just looks so naturalistic, uh, and you know, the detail and sharpness and clarity was just to die for. Yeah, it looked amazing. I, I've got to agree with you there. Um, I've only just caught up with it a, a few months back, but um, yeah, got to agree with you uh, in terms of quality. It was good. In terms of film, uh, yeah, Indiana Weird. Jones four <laughs> four ending. No, not really. Um, uh, I had thought of one that I was going to say in terms of AV quality. In terms of soundtrack and uh, and picture, uh, it's very very good. In terms of movie, uh, it should never have been made. It's an abomination, and uh, that was Transformers. Um, oh, of course, yes. Revenge of the Fallen. It looks absolutely sublime. The yeah. CGI uh, is stunning. Uh, the grading that they've done it makes the, uh, the the characters all gel together on screen, and it and it looks realistic. It's just a shame that the film is absolute pants. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you could almost say the same for the Pink Panther too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, d- okay. 
Did it have robots in it? The CG rendering really brought them to life, didn't it? <laughs> oh, yes. But the, the film does still smell of the brown stuff. Thanks, brother. <laughs> no, I, I've got to say though, you know, you can't argue with the numbers. Though. It's made uh, two hundred odd million. Um, so obviously, oh, Pink people. Panther. Have... Panther. No. <laughs> <laughs> <Not> <laughs> Pink Panther. Oh hell! I can Sorry, see where this is going. Doesn't mean you sabotage it. <laughs> no, you can always cut me out. Yeah, but everyone went to see that or bought it because um, you know the first one was okay, wasn't it? It was watchable. Whereas yeah. the second one is just dire. Yeah, mm. I'm, I mean, even leaving out the brain, even leave... <laughs> <laughs> like you just had. Like in fact. So clearly <laughs> yeah, even leaving the brain outside the the cinema room and going in and watch it. Sorry, I'm, I sound a bit posh there. The cinema room. <laughs> auditorium. No, the auditorium. <laughs> the um, lounge. But no, even just leaving the, you know, leaving your brain, getting the popcorn in, it's still, it just... Michael Bay. I mean, it's some, you know. Crap, mate, I think is the word you're looking for. Yeah. yeah. The technical term. Yeah. Which I, I think and, applies. And the fact that it's made so much money, it's either that the kids really love that kind of thing. And come on, I mean, we'd probably say the same, Would or would we? Would we say the same about Star Wars if it had been released now? No, because it didn't have all no. the stupid, jokey, idiot characters in it, did it? Yeah. <laughs> there are some who would argue with you on that score. But yeah, there are. Of course, which Star Wars are you talking about? Sorry, the I'm original, the 1977. I'm talking oh, well, about in which case, no, of course not. You know, when I'm talking about when I was, what, five, six year old. But if I was five, six year old now in Transformers, I don't know. Super Duper is pretty much eye candy, though. Well, okay, the, the only gauge I can use here is because uh, I thought the film was, uh, was absolutely dire. Although I was unexpectedly pleased with the first film. Uh, it's not one I've returned too much, and in fact, I can't foresee me ever looking at it again. But my son was smitten with the first one. He didn't even know what Transformers were. He, he's eight, by the way, and um, he got to see the second film. And, yeah, he likes it, but he, he's not blown away by it. Even he can see through the uh, the shallow sort of hit-your-marks routines that have taken place, the, uh, the woeful attempts at uh, humour, and... Yeah, it's eye candy to him, but it doesn't it doesn't even reach him on a, a level where he says, "Well, let's put that on again," you know. And he loves you know the Clone Wars. He will watch the Clone Wars, uh, you know, till the cows come home. But you know, it, it's so yeah. People are buying it, but they're putting it. There, oh, this event's great. Looks great. Put it on. Watch it. Yeah, that's fantastic. Put it on the shelf. Not return to it ever again. It's mm. it's demo fodder. That's why it, it is. is. And and people are buying it. I'm sorry, folks on the phones, but people are buying it. Basically, for the soundtrack and and the picture, which in terms of audiovisual quality, is superb, but it's a crap film. Yeah, and even Terminator Salvation is better than that. I've got to, I've got to say, I hated it at the cinema. I, I I went in not expecting much, came out thinking, my God, what have they done? Uh, but I've watched it twice now on Blu-ray, and I've got to say, it's grown on me. What's what I was saying before? Um, I've, I've reluctantly had to sit through it at home for the uh, for other people, and it's kind of grown on me as well. But as I said before, I think it's because I'm, I'm warming more to the, to Sam Worthington as a as a an actor than anything else. Because my favourite actor, of, who who once was Christian Bale, and is now completely shattered by this movie and several other performances of late, is truly deplorable, deplorable in it. But you can just skip past his bits, can't you? <laughs> Again, as a disc, though, it is uh, almost reference quality. 
um, yeah. in terms of audiovisual stuff. It's just a shame that these, you know, these outstanding discs, the the films just aren't really up to much. Which is why I've really enjoyed the classics this year, Alan. Um, yep, a lot, a lot of the 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 movies that we've loved for. You know, decades in some cases, not mine. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic to see movies um, that were made from before you were born <laughs> up on the screen because you never had the chance to go and see them in the cinema. And there are films I would love to have seen in the cinema, um, but when they're coming out in Blu-ray, we can get the chance to project them and see how good they did look uh, with a big image. And uh, at the end of the day, watching them at home, you you, you don't get people interrupting you, uh, and you get a chance to enjoy the movie. Uh, that's how. Basically, I still think that a, a movie should be seen on a big screen. And if you watch something like Lawrence of Arabia, which isn't out in Blu-ray yet, but I'm, I'm living in hope. Um, if you watch it on on the telly, it doesn't look so smashing. Project it on a big screen, and you're aware of the height of the camera. When uh, Lawrence and his guide are walking through the desert, um, the you, the camera is set at a certain height, and they walk into the scene past you. Um, it's more impressive. The desert looks more impressive. You can't get that on a small telly. So, that, to me, that's the way to watch a movie, almost as it was originally intended. And Blu-ray gives us the chance to see it in a quality that approaches that of a cinema presentation. And sometimes it's better. Yeah, but obviously we're we're hoping that the prints are are handled properly and and the transfers handled properly. Gone with the wind. Have you seen it yet? Yes, lovely. It isn't it. It it looks absolutely unbelievably good. It looks like it was filmed ten years ago. Never mind seventy years ago. It was yep. seventy years ago, wasn't it? So yeah. Well, I've got, I haven't got the American the expensive American box set. I've got the British version, which is only about fifteen quid. Yeah, it's but, one I bought. Yeah, it looks lovely. Um, I've never seen um, uh, it looks so good. Uh, I've only ever seen it on the... Oh, I lie. I saw it in a cinema re-release about 1977, I think. And it, the, the, the idiots showed it widescreen, which I couldn't believe. Um, but that transfer that we've got now is beautiful. Not a blemish. Skin tone's lovely mm. and rosy, like Technicolor was meant to be. I think uh, you've just persuaded me to go and pick that up tomorrow, actually. Yeah, it is. It's, if if you like the film, I mean, not everybody likes likes the storyline. Not everybody likes the film, but uh, if you want a bit of cinema history and you want to see it pristine, yeah, uh, definitely go go S- buy speaking, it. Speaking of uh, other classics and that, I think we 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 haven't mentioned Criterion's Explosion onto Blu-ray. Um, I mean, I've I've covered a few of these titles, but I've, but I've got a few others as well. Um, I think their transfers have been absolutely magnificent. Uh, lifting into the, the high death realm, things like the third man, the seventh seal, wages of fear, repulsion, and last year at Marion Bad have been absolutely tremendous looking things, really, really uh, top notch quality, and all round packages as well. So you know, Criterion once again could could be uh, another treasure trove of, of, of vintage and classic movies, but now on Blu-ray as well. Okay, so let's wrap up by uh, looking at what we're looking forward to. What what we really want to see on Blu-ray. I mean, whether it's going to happen or not is is uh, irrelevant at this point in the conversation. So, what films is everyone? Jaws. <laughs> Jaws. Aliens. Aliens. Well, Aliens. I'll, I'll agree with you, Chris. Jaws definitely, and I would add to that the Indiana Jones, the original trilogy, yeah. Back mm-hmm. to the Future trilogy, uh, Star Wars trilogy. 
Wolfen, um, Aliens, <laughs> Lord oh, of yeah. the Rings. Yeah. Lord of the yeah. Rings, the extended cuts, of course. Um, mm. I've, got, I've, got, I've got three. I've, I've already mentioned Lawrence of Arabia, which I know they've got the high def transfer done. So it's just a matter of time when Columbia get their finger out and get it out. Um, the other one's the Guns of Navarone, another Columbia picture, personal favourite. That should look good. And also on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Come oh, on. Yeah, the, back, the best Bond movie ever made. Yeah, yeah, come on, MGM, get that one out. Apocalypse Now. But Jaws! Jaws! <laughs> come on! Get in there! Oh, come on. There, there must be loads more that we're looking forward know, to. Why, why are we struggling with that? <laughs> Star Wars, maybe? Yeah, I've, seen, I've said Star Wars trilogy. Oh, sorry, I wasn't listening, as usual. <laughs> <laughs> ah, no, I'm... Some Hammer movies. You know, Hound of the Baskervilles, Curse the Werewolf, Plague of the Zombies. The oh, original Dracula. The, the, yeah, Curse, Curse of Frankenstein. The original 1950s to early 60s ones, not when the series became you know, no, very, so, very boring and repetitive, but when they really knew how to use the colour and they had opulent sets and things. Um, Kiss of the Vampire and Bride of Dracula are two that really, really you know, stand out. They were gorgeous uh, visual movies, those. So yeah, and yeah, Hammer's not hasn't made any kind of entry into a high def format at all, has it? Don't think so. Um, just for dollars, a few dollars more. Ah uh, yes, yeah. I've just outlaw Josie Wales. Debbie does Dallas. Oh yeah, <laughs> lovely. See every drop in Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> Or going going back even further, the old Universal house. Please, God, yeah, I'm a devotee of those. Bring them out. Yeah. And even stuff from the 50s, them, you know, the thing from another world. We've had the Daily S, so still that came out on Blu-ray, didn't it? The original one. So, you know, and that, that proved pretty popular and quite a successful um, exercise. So let's, let's do some more. There's one flew, uh, one, flew over, one flew over the cuckoo's nest, is that it? Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> that must have flown over three times. <laughs> what? Well, flip, 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 flip. It's late. was circling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks for oh. tearing that up for me. <laughs> well, on the plus side, you can actually go and buy it. <laughs> Spartacus. Ah, yep, Spartacus. With the proper print being used this time, not the one they used for that ropey HD a while ago. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what I'd like to see. Um, I've got the the DVD box set, the, the anniversary box set, but I haven't seen any mention of it yet. Ben Har. Oh, yes. Mm. Yeah. Surely they can fit that all into one disc. Ooh. Yeah, I should be able to. Yeah. Jurassic Park. How about a proper version of Gladiator? Ah, yes. yeah, there you go. Ooh, ah, oh, I hate even saying that. Oh, God. Yeah, so uh, if if the distributors listen, we might get a few of these, but I'm sure they've got their own release schedule sorted out for the, the next year. Uh, it'd be nice if they would let us in on it so we can look forward to something in the year rather than think, uh, well, we're in the winter, it's just cold and dark and miserable now, so uh, it'd be nice to have something <laughs> to look forward to. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it would. I mean, immiserable thought... sod, yeah. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, basically, there's nothing to live for anymore. We've got our title for this year. <laughs> and, and basically, you know, we've got Christmas and there's nothing new coming out. And for for January, geez, what are we going to review, you know? And what about the original King Kong? <laughs> <laughs> 
1933, good movie. Yeah, yeah. Hey, well, what hey, about that? What, what? They'd have one. They'd have one hell of a clean-up job to do in that. Hey, I'll tell you what. What a coincidence! I was watching the DVD the other day. I found my my tin. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it right now. I, I bought my it. one, not yours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that good. That was about. It was released about two years ago now. It, it yeah, looks, two years ago. It, it looks it, pretty it, good. It looks brilliant, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. So that that could really come up, you know. Even better on Blu-ray. It's yeah. the reason why it shouldn't do. Yeah, oh, totally. Only ones I'd question really would be the um, the Frankenstein's um, and the, the original Dracula. Very grainy, very um, scratched and nicked to hell. And I've got various versions of them, including the more recently restored yeah. ones. But they could so, sort all that out. They can, but would they leave traces of the restoration behind? Would it actually? I mean, this is the the road we don't want to go down. How far do you go when you clean up a really ropey old print like that without leaving some kind of digital residue behind? As I say, they've released some of the classic universals again in, in like, you know, large new box sets. Right, well, I, um, so just, have they got high-def prints that they're working on right now? Well, you just, so. you, you just need to look at the work that they've done on uh, Gone with the Wind and, and Wizard of Oz to see how mm. well it can be cleaned up. I mean, they didn't have any of the original negatives for the, the sepia, um, yeah, yeah. black and white areas of the but you look at it and you, you wouldn't know that unless you actually listen to the commentary and, and listen to the fact that they didn't have any of the negatives and they had to they had to use a, a mixture of different sources and then go back and recolour it um, mm. so they had the sepia tone correct good good bring them on bring them on and as I say I've got a feeling I'm going to go and buy uh, Gone with the Wind tomorrow excellent that, so, is, that is region free isn't it of course uh, it is. yeah I think so yeah it is yeah, yeah. Warner, it's a war, Warner yeah yeah laughing there we okay. go okay so that's some of the discs that we uh, wish they will release in the next year so stay tuned for the next year and we'll find out if they'll release them <laughs> <laughs> okay so that's some of the discs that we're looking forward to uh, and hopefully that are going to be released in the next year so that wraps up our podcast for January and I look back at 2009 all I need to do is thank the review team that's Simon Chris Alan and Jer and we'll be back again in February so stay tuned for our next movies podcast the AV podcast was presented by Phil Hinton original music by Andrew Bassett and Richard Cosgrove the AV podcast was mixed and produced by Phil Hinton and the senior producer was Stuart Wright all content including sound clips and music is copyright material and featured for promotional use only the AV podcast is copyright M2M Limited